the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey there, it is Faith Talk Today, Friday edition. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. Hey, Monday is spring. I don't know if uh, I. it, it kind of creeps up. It's not always on the same date, is it? Like, no, uh, and I wish it would be so we could know, but you know, nobody asked us. It was a surprise as I was watching the news this morning, and they said, well, spring is coming up on uh, Monday, everybody. And I was like, oh, wow, okay. But apparently it's not going to feel like it. I think I saw the weather is supposed to be cold for the next several days. Yeah, what did we do uh, to deserve this? I mean, it was almost summertime just two weeks ago or a week or so ago. Mm-hmm. And then now it's cold again. I had turned the heat. Hey, I had to turn the heat back on. Did you? Yeah. We had a guy we used to work with that would wait to the last minute, just the last millisecond before he had to turn the heat on in the house. And it would be like, what, minus 20, and he, th- and he would always say, oh, well, I guess I better turn. And his wife is over there freezing to death. and <laughs> Turn on the heater. Chilly. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it's coming. I, I, um, I, for some reason, I thought, I thought we already celebrated spring, but spring is. Spring and, has not uh, sprung officially yet. No. Okay. But it will. It will. Wouldn't it be interesting if we, what's the latest we've had snow that you can remember? I, boy, well, since I've been here since 2000, I don't know that we've had one all that late. Not I've March. Heard that there was one in March. Yeah. Seems like now for those of you that are listening, you may remember it was 1994. Maybe that's when we had, was it March of 94? I'll have to Google that. But it was, um, I don't remember it being like warm and springy and then all of a sudden, bam, seems like it was winter, winter, winter. And then we actually went to some friend's house um, before it started snowing and and we got snowed in. We had to stay at their house. It was that bad. We couldn't get out when we lived in Peachtree City. I think that was March of 94. Well, it's not going to be quite like that. just going to be cold and not feel springy, I think. Well, we'll celebrate that uh, on Monday. Today, we're celebrating Friday. Hey, everybody. It's it's Friday. I heard this story uh, yesterday, saw it on uh, the Today Show. Uh, A young lady by the name of Brenda Rivera Stearns accidentally sent a text to a a guy named Isaiah Stearns. She wasn't Stearns. Uh, she is now, but she wasn't then. That was in 2009. It was an accidental uh, text, and it was uh, a scripture. Uh, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Well, he happened to be a Christian, and this is what he said. He said, uh, amen, uh, and come to find out, she thought it was a friend, and, and it was a stranger. Well, they... Uh, Kept texting back and forth six years, or I should say six kids later, <laughs> they've uh, 
they've been doing well and they had their story on the today show It's very interesting so you um, never know who you're going to text i i don't text anybody back that i don't know right no and, i don't either yeah yeah in fact sometimes when dan texts me i just don't text back i don't feel like no i mean no i always you know i get that it's I always good. respond to to uh to dan um but nobody else. So if you're texting me out there and I don't respond, I don't care. <laughs> no, I'm just Stop kidding. Stop texting me. I'm just kidding. But um, that was kind of chancy. You know, you never yeah. know who's on the other end of that. The more I'm learning about this whole, like my, we talked about this before, my Instagram account. As mm-hmm. soon as I started getting on Instagram and posting pictures of my family, usually it's my family. I've got so many people following me that I'm looking at the picture and going, there's no way. Yeah. There's a lot, I, there's a lot of spam type <laughs> accounts out there uh, that are, who knows what they're trying to do. And I always, I just block those. Yeah. It's uh it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I have more girlfriends now <laughs> yeah. on Instagram than I've ever had in my entire life. I've never seen that lady before. It's interesting because with Instagram, you know, you can read, you see the tiny little picture and you look at the picture. It, I mean, you got to be just, you, you, you've got to be, I don't know, just plain stupid, mm-hmm. not to figure out that's not the kind of person you want to follow right. um, because it's uh, some kind of uh, shady picture. Is that, shady now is, that's not catfishing, right? Is that what catfishing is? Uh, I can't no, believe- I don't think that's catfishing. Okay, I don't know because I'm, but I do know that I've gotten a lot of, um, of those. Hey, follow me. Mm-hmm. I love your posts. Yeah, those those are all just ones that people try to get as many followers as they can. I, I guess to earn money. I don't know what. Who knows? But anyway, it worked out for this a young lady and young man, Brenda Rivera Stearns and uh, Isaiah Stearns. If you get a chance, uh. I guess you can go to the Today Show website or whatever, uh, but Google it and, and it'll come up and you can read the story. It's pretty cool. Mm. Love that. It worked out for this time. You know, I remember we had some friends. Do you, Have you ever had or do you have friends that met each other either on social media or on those dating um, websites back in the day and they not, got married? Not that I know of. I'm sure I probably do, but I don't know the story. Now we've had some friends. We had a couple in the church on the South side years ago and, and they met each other. They were married for a while, but it, it, it didn't work out. Um, but we also have uh, friends that have met on those dating sites and their marriages are, are, are great. And they've been married a long time. So, I mean, you could say, eh, those things are, I don't, you know, if something happened to Donna, well, for one, for one thing, uh, I think I'd take a rest. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Cause I, I don't have the energy to get broken in again. You know what I'm <laughs> it took her 35 <laughs> years to break you in <laughs> and still counting. Yeah. But, and I, you know, I just don't think maybe it's cause I'm an old guy and I just, I don't want to play that game anymore. And it's like, I don't even want to go there. I'm just yeah. like, yep. I hear you. Give me a dog and I'll be fine. And I'll just live the rest of my days uh, watching MASH on television. You can live with one of the boys and let them take care of you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, that sounds good for about a second. <laughs> uh, hey, a woman stole an egg from a zoo and raised the alligator in her home. This was in Texas, not a Florida woman. Why? Why would you do that? The Animal World and Snake Farm Zoo in Texas, 20 years ago, she stole. How did she do that? How did she oh. steal an egg? Did she work for them? I don't know. She stole an egg. Then the egg turned in, of course, to an alligator. And uh, for 20 years, and you know, let me see, does it say how big? Eight feet long. The alligator was wow. eight feet long. And it. she didn't say, hey, come get it. It was in her backyard. And officials, I guess, had gotten complaints, and they, they found it, and uh, they took it. She is going to face a fine because it says Texans are not allowed to keep alligators as pets. I'm surprised. Why would you want to keep an alligator as a pet? <laughs> I don't get that. You, you know what you feed an eight foot alligator, don't you? Whatever it wants. Whatever it wants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm not a. My education is so limited in my brain space. But animals are animals. Mm -hmm. At some point, they're their animalness kicks in yeah and someday maybe you didn't feed that alligator enough and then he sees you walking out in the yard there you go there's dinner yep he sees you you know like in the old bugs bunny days he sees you as a big old chicken leg <laughs> he's gonna chomp down i used to always love those bugs bunny cartoons when it'd be walking you know chicken <laughs> yeah <laughs> or steak or yeah great big steak that's what he sees you as whatever amazing and uh we got a, a second or two here uh there's a, a list of the great interactions you can have with dogs it doesn't say cats because you don't have interactions with cats no you no, get to be in their presence for a brief few seconds they're all negative but good things about having a dog the physical contact helps reduce stress gives you exercise when you throw the ball and and walk the dog um, gives you mindfulness. In other words, you just, you know, Hey, I'm going to look after this dog. It, it gives you focus and social connection, which again, reduces stress ever since dad has had his dog gadget. That dog does not leave dad's side. No. And uh, when dad's on the computer at his computer desk, the dog jumps up and lays behind his neck. Cause he's got a high back chair. Yeah. It's pretty cute. So the dog rides in the gator, and in his um, his uh, what is that four four wheeled his scooter that he take he doesn't take the the dog into the grocery store, but he'll take his scooter down to the check the mail and the dogs with him, and so they just I, it's it's just so good I'm so they're glad. best of friends aren't yeah, they yeah they are they are it's a uh, a great dog so there you go all right let's take a break we'll be right back I'm Rick Probst and I'm Dan Ratcliffe and this is Faith Talk today. Hey there, it is Faith Talk Today. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Always, always, always a pleasure to talk to Michael Youssef, Dr. Michael Youssef of Leading the Way. Of course, you hear him here at Faith Talk Atlanta. We want to talk about a new book, Is the End Near? And also the hope for the heart of Georgia weekend coming up in Macon, the 24th and 25th. Doc, how are you? I am rejoicing, doing great. So wonderful to be back with both of you. 
Always fun to have you on and looking good as always. And sitting right there in front of downtown Atlanta, it's a beautiful, you're just uh, you ready to go. Yeah, yeah let's, talk, let's talk a, a, a little bit about uh, what's going on. Back in October of 22, you put out the book, Is the End Near? Wow, perfect yeah. timing for this book. As I look over some of the things we've gone through, right? Pandemic, yep. Russian invasion of Ukraine, uh, yep. China amping up military power around Australia. In fact, we're selling some nuke subs to Australia That's just, right. just to kind of squash that. It looks like Jesus's words in Matthew are, are are coming true. So let's talk about the book. Is the end near? Absolutely. And don't forget the earthquake in uh, Turkey and uh, Syria. Yeah. That took 50,000 lives. Wow. And they are anticipating more earthquakes in that region and in other parts of, uh, of the world. And, you know, the, the very thing that drew me to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ in Matthew 24 and then 25, is the fact that all of these things have been with us. There have always been wars. There have always been earthquakes. There have always been uh, signs in the heavens. Always been, these things have been with us. But the one thing that I almost discovered after nearly 60 years of walking with the Lord that just hit me so hard as I was reading the Scripture is that he said he talks about uh, a childbirth, uh, a pregnant woman. And as if he's saying to those who are non-believers or those who did not believe in him, a thief in the night is going to be a shock, is going to be a surprise. Then he turns to the believers and say, no, but for you, it's going to be like the birth pains, the labor pains before the baby is born. And the labor pains don't come the first month, the second month, the third month. There may be some false alarms, but Toward the end, when all these things he talked about, the six labor pains that I uh, delineate in the book that our Lord said, they're going to happen in closer and closer intervals. They're going to happen with greater and greater intensity. And that's what's happening now. So to me, as a person who loved the Lord and excited about the return of the Lord, is that when I see these things happening quickly, the baby's about to be born. Jesus <laughs> is about to come back. Right. So what does that mean for us? Do we need to freak out and panic and, and do all that? Or, or is it time to really get down to business? Dan, this is a great question. It really is. And in fact, one of the things I warn against is putting on white robes and heading for the mountains and wait for the spaceship. <laughs> that is the worst thing a believer can do. It's the worst thing. In fact, our Lord himself said, occupy till I come. What Mm. does that mean? I examined that word sideways in in Greek and in every language. Occupy means work hard, serve faithfully, give generously. When you see those signs, you don't sit back on your blessed assurance and say, okay, Jesus is coming back. I don't need to do anything. No, no, no. I, I mean, as, as you know, at my age, I'm working harder today than I've ever worked in my life. Why? Be- and, and people say to me, I was being interviewed in London uh, last October at celebration of our 20th anniversary, and the media was interviewing me. I said, somebody your age should be putting his feet up in the beach or play golf. And I said, no, ma'am. I said, if Jesus comes back tomorrow, he's going to find me working harder than ever, hmm. serving longer than ever. Uh, giving more generously than ever. 
And so that is really the very message that our Lord is telling us, that when you see these signs, you need to really start winning people to faith in Christ. As you know, our big vision for seven-year vision is to bring one million people to Christ from around the world, that when I go to heaven, there'll be, I want to see a million people who would say, God used you to bring me to heaven. And so that's the goal. That's, the, that's, that's what I want everybody to be motivated to do. Whether you are six or 60, uh, there is opportunity for everyone to continue to be faithful and serving God. Meanwhile, looking up and knowing that the day of our redemption is drawing nigh. Mm-hmm. Dr. Michael Youssef talking about his latest book, Is the End Near? And right now, if you give a gift of any amount to uh, Leading the Way, that's ltw.org, you get the study guide and receive a a bonus copy of Is the End Near? The book, so the book and the study guide together. It's interesting, as you were talking there, Dr. Youssef, uh, about the book, and, and Dan mentioned believers. I would think, too, that this book is perfect for unbelievers Start giving oh. this book out because, you know, as yep. we watch and you mentioned about the earthquakes in Syria yep. and Turkey, and we talked about what China and Russia and everything else. But yep. I've noticed, too, that it seems like day after day, the weather has been crazy town. The floods in California, you're talking yep. about just disasters all over. And this yep. has got to be a part of what's happening and opening. People are going, hey, what's up? Yep. And uh, the, those who worship nature can talk about uh, climate change or this or that, the other thing. In reality, is this part of the signs? Yeah. And, you know, when you think about it, just think about this. Saudi Arabia and Iran, the, the division between the Sunni and Shiite in Islam goes back 1,400 years. Wow. For the first time, China brought them both together, reconciled them to each other, And now they have diplomatic relations, and China guaranteed the security and the safety of each country, and that's why they brought them to Beijing for for that conference. And then all the other Arab countries are following uh, suit with the uh, relationship with Iran. And guess what Israel is going to feel right now? I mean, this is really one of the great signs. Another sign that breaks my heart to to talk about, but it's it's true that there's so many people are going to walk and turn their back on the faith. And how many pastors I've heard in the last five years mm-hmm. who have gone through reconstruction, uh, deconstruction, forgive yes. me, deconstruction. Yes. They're turning their back on the faith. And Jesus said in 24, 24, he said, when the, when the Antichrist to start operating, he said, even if possible, and those are very important words, even if possible, some of the elect are going to be deceived. Hmm. And we're seeing that now. People yeah. are surrendering to the culture because they don't want to be canceled. People are giving up on the gospel because they don't want to be disliked by the culture. And they are watering down the gospel, modifying the gospel, uh, retouching the portrait of Jesus to make him acceptable uh, to sinners who refuse to repent. And all of this is part of the signs of the end. I mean, I really believe that. That's very important. And it's this apostasy all across the board. In Europe, I saw it in England uh, when I was there for 10 days celebrating 20th anniversary of our work in the UK. And pastors are turning their back. People are leaving the church. And uh, more people becoming Muslims 
in England than becoming Christians. Hmm. And so we are really seeing those things are happening right now. And the sense of urgency that God has given me is sometimes I, I can't wait to wake up in the morning so I can get going. <laughs> The book and the study guide is called Is the End Near? Dr. Michael Youssef, you can get it at ltw.org. And real quick, uh, Dr. Youssef, uh, before we have to uh, let you go, let's talk about the Hope for the Heart of Georgia weekends coming yes. up March 24th through the 25th in Macon. What's this event all about? It's exciting. Well, when we, back in, in, in uh, 2018, when I turned 70, uh, the Lord gave me a seven-year vision. And I already talked about the million souls around the world. And uh, one of the seven initiatives in that seven-year vision is to be on the road and do old-fashioned citywide crusades. And uh, But I kept waiting because I said, until God send us people who know exactly what to do, this is so, so involved. And mm-hmm. the details and all the stuff that goes into it. So the Lord brought me a whole team of five who have worked for the Billy Graham organization, and they, between them, have a 100-year experience. And so we go into a town and uh, mobilize the pastor. First of all, if we see they've been praying and the God is preparing them, Macon was the last part of the world that I was thinking about. But we <laughs> saw such desperation. People said, we've been praying for 10 years for God to do something in the heart of, and it's going to be 50 mile radius. We have pastors from Warner Robins and other towns uh, involve 450 pastors wow. and their churches, and they're recruiting and they're bringing non-believers and unsaved friends and family members. And so the first night was going to be youth night, and the superintendent of the schools there, he said, "I want all the 20,000 high school students in Bibb County to come to that youth night, wow. and we're going to provide buses." And then the next night was going to be uh, just a normal evangelistic outreach. And we had 650 counselors already been trained so that everybody will walk down those aisles. We're going to give their life to Christ. They're going to be followed up and discipled. And at least 90% of those will be part of the Church of Jesus Christ. We'll assemble awesome. them and assimilate them into churches. So that's the first one. Then we go to Dublin, Ireland uh, in, in September one. Belfast, September 3, then in New England, where seven states have been involved in this. Uh, we go to New England, end of October. Then I go to Egypt, where Asut and Cairo, one in each of those two cities uh, in, uh, in November. So uh, I'm, I'm excited about what God is going to do and how we're going to help people being discipled for Christ. I really believe God is calling his elect as these as we talked about the end times, he's mm-hmm. gathering those who are his from every corner of the globe. And then next year, of course, we have five or six others uh, all over the world from Dubai to Australia and um, uh, Hungary and, and, uh, and so on. That's so good. That's Dr. Sorry. Michael Youssef, we're talking about hope for the heart of Georgia weekend, March 24th and 25th in Macon. And he mentioned the other locations. If you have folks, that you're related to, friends, family, whatever, in those areas, go to ltw.org, and you can get more details about what Dr. Youssef is doing the rest of 2023 and uh, 2024. Doc, as always, great time with you. We appreciate you. We love you, and we look forward to seeing you again. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Today. Thank you so much.
Hey there, it is Faith Talk Today. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Hey, what a pleasure to talk with Dr. Charles Hodges Jr. He's going to talk about the uh, second edition of uh, the book, The Christian Counselor's Medical Desk Reference. Doc, how are you? I'm doing fine. It's a great day. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for asking me. Hey, I love this uh, because this particular guide really helps counselors uh, as they uh, deal with folks. Uh, they understand medical conditions, uh, which is really cool because today, uh, as we talk to folks, you know, Dan gets to counsel folks. I'm an a, a associate pastor of a church. So counseling is a part of our, li- our lives and, and has been for some time. And you've put out this guide, which is really cool, this book, on how we can help folks that have disorders like OCD, PTSD, Alzheimer's, bipolar uh, disorder, clinical depression, and and on. So thank, first of all, thank you very much for putting this uh, together. Uh, let's talk about it. The second edition. Uh, why did you put this out? Uh, it's almost a no-brainer, right, for me to ask that question. But why did you put this out for us? Well, the first edition was written by Dr. Robert Smith in, uh, and published in the year uh, 2000. Um, Dr. Smith was um, one of the um, individuals who was responsible for starting the Faith Biblical Counseling Ministry and was very instrumental across the country in the biblical counseling movement. And many people had asked him to uh, put pen to paper and give an account of uh, his view of the interaction between medicine and counseling, because there are many medical issues that uh, impact uh, people who come to counseling and sometimes is the cause for their coming to counseling. So Doc did that. Um, Mm. As time went forward, though, uh, the information medically, uh, the medical information in the book uh, gradually became began to be dated. We always say that uh, most medical information is almost uh, out of date by the time the ink dries on a medical yeah. textbook. Yeah, sure. And so uh, Doc, uh, about three or four years ago, started asking me to be the editor of the next edition of the book. And I, I agreed because he was my mentor and friend. Uh, but I, I did uh, say, as we uh, talked to the publishers, New Growth Press, that I didn't really think a book of this nature could be written by one person. Um, the, the biblical counseling issues, I think, could be handled by one person, but the medical issues couldn't. And so what I set out to do was recruit people from various different specialties uh, who would look at other problems and uh, give a, uh, a, a concise um, account of what medicine said about the problem, uh, then give a also concise uh, response uh, of what biblical counseling ought to be doing in uh, for individuals who who come to counseling with those problems. And I recruited uh, uh, another nine physicians. There were ten of us doctors and uh, two uh, registered nurses who were in the in biblical counseling. Um, uh, the former head of the school of pharmacy at a lo- local university, and then uh, one social worker who was very instrumental in starting uh, uh, the ministry that I'm a part of here, Vision of Hope. And um, uh, together, all those individuals wrote one to two, maybe three chapters apiece. 
I, I wrote six and then I helped edit all the rest. And out of that came, I think, a very useful resource that helps uh, folks who are counseling and have individuals who come with the question that Doc said he got most often, and it was, Dr. Smith, I have a counselee, he has X, whatever Mm -hmm. X is. Uh, And he says that's the reason why he's doing what he's doing, and and most likely then also says that's the reason why he doesn't think he can change what he's he's doing. Mm -hmm. What do you say about that? And, and Doc Smith wrote the book from that viewpoint, and we did as well, um, trying to look at things like, as you said, OCD, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, autism, ADHD. You know, how should biblical counseling respond to these various different kinds of problems? And that's why we, that's why we wrote it. I want, we wanted to update it. And I, It sounds like this is just a, a crucial book because yeah. it seems sometimes there is a pull between the medical community and the biblical counseling community. Um, and it's like, you know, some people say, oh, you can fix everything with a few scriptures and and medicine says, no, only medicine can do it. But when you bring these two together, I think it's much more uh, whole for, for the person that's being counseled, right? Yes. I, I've lived in the space between those two questions. You know, is this totally a medical problem or is this totally a spiritual problem. And at times I find myself being shot at from both sides, mm-hmm. you know, folks who are, are convinced that this problem has nothing to do with medicine and we ought to try to fix it uh, biblically. And then folks who think that uh, problems are only, only medical. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, the, the spectrum uh, can, can be seen in scripture. I, um, you know, I think anxiety is a really good example um, probably 25% of the people in the United States today are taking some kind of uh, medicine that's aimed at helping either depression or anxiety. Mm-hmm. And and the question is, uh, you know, is anxiety worried? Does the Bible speak of it? Uh, if the Bible speaks of it, isn't the Bible sufficient to do that? Mm-hmm. And I like to point out to to uh, in, individuals in, in the biblical counseling movement and the students that I teach that, yes, the Bible does talk about worry, but it's very specific when it talks about worry. It, it tells you what worry is sinful. And um, it's usually I'm, I'm worried over money or I'm worried over uh, position in life or I'm worried over my health. And Jesus tells us not to worry about those things. So mm-hmm. therefore, you know, there is a certain spiritual um, con- uh, approach to it. Quite on the other hand, there are folks who have this unease that they have, they feel, you, you know, in their person. And uh, sometimes it proves out to be hyperthyroidism or, you know, they have a cardiac arrhythmia. Yeah. And, and uh, I had one lady who came to me and said that she spent most of her life being told that her sense of being anxious uh was a spiritual issue only eventually to find a physician who figured out she had Parkinson's disorder disease. Oh, wow. wow. And when they figured that out and properly treated it, her worry went away. <clears throat> and um, so there you have both sides of, of, of that kind of issue. Hmm. We're talking with uh, Dr. Hodges and uh, the book is the, the uh, Christian Counselor's Medical Desk Reference. This is the second edition, uh, a really great book. What have you heard so far? I know it's only been out since, what, February, February 20th. But, Doc, what have you heard so far, the response from it? 
Well, so far, there are a lot of people who find that it's a, a very useful tool, and we've been gratified by that. Uh, I, I, I try not to spend my time looking at social media because uh, it just sort of sucks you in and takes your life away from you. Yes, time. it does. <laughs> and, 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 but uh, when the book came out, I would go uh, to Amazon and look how it was moving. And for the first week to 10 days, it was the number one new release in Christian counseling and, and those kind of categories. It wasn't the number one book on Amazon, but it was in the category of, you know, counseling and things like that. It was the number one new release. So the book is moving along quite well <clears throat> and it's, it's finding a good audience among, I think both counselors, counselors will, I think, find this book very useful. Um, but also uh, folks who have, uh, individuals who have the problems. You know, there are at least uh, 19 or 20 different medical issues dealt with in the book. That's that's what we aimed it at. And um, there are lots of uh, individuals who have family members who struggle with them. And I think they'll find this book useful in that regard as well. Definitely. I'm going to order one today, actually. Yes. Uh, it looks yeah. it looks awesome. Uh, real quick, uh, Dr. Hodges, tell us about a little bit about Vision of Hope. I'm curious uh, what that's all about. Yes. Vision of Hope is a residential counseling facility for women ages 14 and above. And we've been here for about 15 years. I've been the executive director for the last five. And it, we counsel. We have folks come here and counsel who struggle with eating disorders and substance abuse and uh, unplanned pregnancies and um, self-harm and depression and OCD and post-traumatic stress disorder. Just about every DSM label you can think of will Mm -hmm. end up on our shore here. Mm -hmm. And folks will come and they stay for anywhere from 18 to 24 months uh, and are uh, initially in a very intensive counseling um, media, and then uh, gradually we start working them back out into the community in, in the next, in the second six months. In the third six months, uh, many of them will return to their homes, but continue in counseling or, or move out into our community and stay around and continuing counseling and then eventually graduate. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what Vision of Hope does. Uh, we're a, we're a charitable organization. We we were started as a result of a gift that was given by an individual who wanted to see a facility like this built 15 wow. years ago, wow. and she offered a considerable gift. And we, our pastor, wisely smiled and said that uh, well that that's fine. If uh, we'd be happy to take that gift and build it, if you would double it, so we'll have some money to operate it. After <laughs> <we build it. laughs> And that individual did. And so, you know, that gave birth to um, a vision of hope. Wow. wow. That's cool. a smart pastor right there. Yes, he is. That's a wise one. Yes, Way he to is. go. Doc Hodges, uh, we're talking about uh, the Christian Counselor's Medical Desk Reference Second Edition. As Dan mentioned, he's he's getting one. I've got to get one as, as well. Doc, we'd love to talk to you again about this and also more about vision of hope. So if you're up for it. We'll get uh, we'll get the, um, the the powers that be to get us together again. Uh, goodmoodbadmood.com is a great place to go to. Of course, you can get this book on Amazon uh, and wherever you get your books. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Today. Three 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.